Welcome to McDonald's. What can I get you today? Hi, she'll have the quarter pounder with cheese, extra mustard, no pickles, and I'll have a 10-piece chicken McNuggets. And, and two sides, sides of ranch, please. The we've done this before meal. Get it at McDonald's when you get two of your faves for just six bucks. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Hello and welcome to the Bald Move Television Podcast, where the officially unofficial podcast for all of television. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. And as we've done on Wednesdays the last five weeks, we are going to collapse our all of television encompassing focus down to a singular episode of television, the final episode in the Chernobyl saga uh, that we've been watching these last few weeks. I was so enthralled, uh, and so many others has, uh, has been enthralled by, uh, on HBO. Jim, last week I was afraid that with all of the heroics, the nuclear-powered heroics over with, that this kind of trial and finger-pointing and the political process would be kind of a dull affair uh, and maybe turn people off. I was really impressed by how riveting this episode uh, of television was and how crazy informative it was. Um, What did you think? Uh. Yeah, I, I think it certainly was. Uh, the The trial, as portrayed in this episode, was uh, exciting. Is that a weird thing to say about a trial? I don't know. Um, apparently, the real one, extremely boring. So they, they decided to go a, a little bit off script here. But I think it paid off. I think, like, showing Legasov's heroism here after his implied or, or you know, kind of skipped over failure in Vienna, we, we get to understand that he is sort of regretting the decision he made there. Um, he's having another opportunity here to, to say his piece, uh, one that he takes. And I, I thought it was exciting. It was delivering on the message um, or, or delivering the message to the people who needed to hear it the most, the Soviet people, um, the scientists in that room. Uh, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, thought that it would be hard to like i man this is just this this 10 minute thing where they do where they where jared harris uh explains why the reactor blew up and why you could reasonably believe that this reactor couldn't blow up um it took Mm -hmm. literally everything going wrong um but also they point out that like you know diatlov might have been a man waving a gun around at a party squeezing the trigger because he thought the safety would work but point of fact he thought the safety would work Mm -hmm. and there's definitely some contributory uh negligence to to when you actually shoot someone in the face in that but like you know comrade why are you waving the gun around the the everyone at the party in the first place so mm-hmm. I, I thought the episode gave good explanations of how that could happen it's like again it's startling to me to watch uh the political maneuverings in the manager's office that led to disaster 12 hours before like i we have seen this happen things like that happen in our american life the boss screaming at his underlings that they don't know anything and to ignore the safety protocols like we've seen that stuff happen in our own it's 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 the the, ver- the verbiage is used that is used is different and um whether it's a bureaucrat or a corporate boardroom type but like i just got so much um so so much kind of sympathy and empathy of what's going on and and uh you know that's i guess that's a frightening thing is i don't i i don't i feel like that they're a lot of things that Legasov says in the second half in, in the trial about like why this happened in Russia and it wouldn't necessarily happen in the West um, are things mm-hmm. that like all those safety things that we used to do that like uh, we used to worry about the thing that couldn't happen and put extra level of safety and stuff like seems like we're not doing that as much with our infrastructure and our own uh, you know the, the way we proceed forwards and 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 uh, new development it, it it seems like we do try to cut costs um yeah it's expensive and we take out safety things because again like why like you know it's like the like the anti-vax stuff you know like uh, why expose my child to a risk when it's safe like we've eradicated diseases let's just strip off this lead armor because who who wants to put all that lead around the buildings it's going to be expensive it's going to blow up anyway i it's it's a it's weird for me to watch this to watch this series because it just feels like I can see so many relatable examples all around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what the series is getting at. I mean, the yes. the core idea here is the cost of lies. And it's delivered in the final line of the, the series. 
It's been delivered many times uh, before that in the series. Yeah, it's what is the cost of lies? Um, Each lie incurs a debt to the truth that will eventually be paid. It's like going to be more expensive. It's going to cost lives, but you can't get around it. And I like in that moment he doesn't say that must be paid. He says that is paid. Uh, it, it kind of reinforces the fact that there is no... Right. Y- you know, you can postpone, uh, but you're incurring a debt that will be paid, no matter yeah. what you try and do. Yeah. Uh, that was, I think, a good way to put it. I, I found myself over the course of this episode going, hmm, I wonder if it would have made more sense to sort of get in Dyatnov's head and understand what kind of man could lead to a scenario like this, because we see that, you know, he's... He's clearly flouting convention and rules here uh, with this reactor test, pushing it beyond its limits. Uh, and he seems to be this this arrogant asshole. Like, I wish I knew more about him. But I think the way that they actually went with this episode serves the point more that he is not ultimately what's culpable here. Mm-hmm. The system that they've set up of, of right. their, their governance, you know, their, their system of lies yeah. and, and saving face at all costs, those sorts of things. If are, not Dyatlov, it would have been someone eventually somewhere. Yeah, that's the actual problem here. And, and you'll always have men like Dyatlov mm-hmm. who are, you know, just assholes for the sake of being an asshole. And in every culture and every system, you'll, you'll have these yeah. guys. But the system itself here was a huge problem. Yep. And I, I think properly, it was more effective that they you went have that to way. properly contain and monitor such individuals, like much like a nuclear power plant. You well, know? okay, that, that's another good thing to talk about because I'm actually surprised we saw none of the sarcophagus stuff. We saw mm-hmm. none of the creation of you know the the thing that is still containing that radiation to this day. I was a little surprised. We by did that. get a title card. I mean, that's the thing. Like they they had a hour and fifteen minutes of screen time left, and they devoted a hundred percent of it to the trial and aftermath, and they decided to skip ahead. I mean, is there nothing exciting about encasing a huge nuclear power plant in I bet it's lead not. and concrete? I bet and... it was pretty, like, at that point, yeah, it was just a construction huh. project. I mean, yeah, you're probably... It would be know. intellectually interesting for me, yeah. at least. And I, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if the people building that didn't get, uh, you know... It's kind of like a dirty little secret about astronauts is you are greatly shortening your life and taking yeah. all kinds of a- cancer risks to spend six months in space in the, in, in the uh, international space station, for example, like everyone that goes up there is not healthy. Like yeah. you're above the protective blanket of, of, of a large part of the earth's atmosphere mag- and, and uh, well, not the magnetosphere, but like you're, you're just getting bombarded with all these cosmic rays and radiation. And it, it does, uh, it, it does it shorten your life. So like, I wonder if it's it's kind of like maybe that it's like okay you know it's it's like these guys got I, I, I mean shit I'm just making shit up now um, which I guess you can do with the well I mean they when, say when there were the, uh, called Chernobyl <laughs> sure uh, but you know they say there are between four and ninety something thousand yeah. deaths that are attributed yeah. uh, long term to Chernobyl and some of those people I'm sure were part of that yeah uh, I don't know I it would have been intellectually interesting to me to see okay how did they construct this thing how did they come to this plan of like here's you know, similar to how and it, they solved every other problem it's also super frustrating to know that like these six hundred thousand people just script there were conscripted and thrown at the problem that the soviet union studiously chose to ignore and like mm-hmm. they that would have been an awesome study that the world could have benefited from like exposure radiation and right. actuarial <laughs> tables and they didn't keep records they didn't mm-hmm. even bother to keep records and and the reason is because from their perspective it could just lead to further embarrassment i mean there's a yeah. reason that i mean this this is a shocking fact true to this day that the official death toll for chernobyl is stands at 31 people the people that imme- that died in the immediate explosion and response mm-hmm. um you know essentially all the people that got welded in the zinc uh, caskets like those are the people that died from chernobyl all the other stuff is just you know it's just cancer man right like, how can hey, who can say <laughs> like you know people spoke a lot in the in eastern europe and uh it's it's it is frustrating but you know when i saw that title card and i looked at like how much time and expense and the fact that this thing bankrupted you know one of the things that bankrupted the soviet union and i think about you know uh like the modern crisis we have today which is global warming which you know upwards of 97 98 of the world's climate scientists say is going to cost us a lot of money and is going to displace a lot of people and it's going to cost millions of refugees and it's not hard to see 
that the resulting kind of civil unrest and famines could lead to deaths many times over hundreds of thousands. Mm -hmm. Um, Yet we have tens of millions, if not billions of, of Dyatlovs just sitting there poking at this reactor and saying, yeah. it's, I, hey, I know it's, I, it can't possibly be go wrong, can't possibly go wrong, L- don't listen to those people. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man, I'm not a scientist. I just learned in, in, my, in my school to, to, to trust science uh, because it's not perfect, but it's the best thing we got. Mm-hmm. So anyway, do you want to talk about the episode in like kind of a more structured way now? Sounds good. Before we go further in the episode, I want to talk about what's going on here at Bald Move this week. Starting with the Bald Move TV feed, the thing that you're listening to right now, this here podcast. This Friday, we're going to be talking about uh, our, our final thoughts on Good Omens, uh, the Terry Pratchard, Neil Gaiman collaboration that came out on Amazon Prime la- last week. We're also going to be looking at the new Netflix sci-fi thriller, I Am Mother, um, which stars a million-dollar baby. Uh, what help me out here? Hillary Swank. Thank you, Hillary oh, yeah. Swank. Uh, it looks real good, and we'll also have some thoughts on The Handmaid's Tale, uh, bald movies. Last week we saw Godzilla, King of Monsters. Speaking of the horrors of radiation, mm-hmm. and this week, speaking of the horrors of mutations uh, brought about by radio radioactivity, uh, we'll be seeing the new X Men: Dark Phoenix, uh, a cautionary tale for what happens when you are mean to a teenage mutant. They lash out. They yeah, lash out. Uh, we've also received a lot of great questions for our 50 million. I, I don't know if you guys even knew this, but we, we just recently passed an important milestone. 50 million downloaded podcasts in Bald Move history. Uh, we are celebrating this by having just an open Q&A. Uh, people can send us whatever they want. Uh, if you're interested in that, uh, you still have a few days maybe left to get, submit stuff into QA at baldmove.com. And uh, the resulting podcast we're going to record next week and it'll pop up in your Bald Move TV feed. So make sure you're subscribed to that, Bald Movies, and the other stuff that uh, you want to keep up on. All right, back to the episode. Uh, let's talk about the cold open. Uh, first of all, the episode's title, uh, Vichnaya Pamyat. Did you know? Did you? Uh, I don't know what this means. So I guess uh, in like um, Eastern Orthodox Church, this is the final thing that's said at a person's funeral. And it means hmm. eternal memory. Like okay. you're, you're asking God to keep this person in his, in, in his mind forever. So they'll live forever. Um, so this is like the, the earnest hope of the filmmakers, I think, to that we should... Uh, remember this, that we should remember the lesson, the the cost of lies. Um, so I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cold open is an extended uh, sequence of shows. Like, you know, we talked about this earlier on, that how this uh, Pripyat was supposed to be the shining Soviet jewel of a city. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, this is like the modern way we want to go forward with like super clean power and it's going to like be, a, you know, it's going to be nicer and it's going to be, everything's going to be cheaper and more abundant. And then... And, and and it looked amazing. Like, it looked like a town that I'd want to live in. Yeah. And people with their children, and they're playing, and everyone's happy. And we saw several people that are going to die 12 hours from now with their friends and loved ones. Um, and then we see the thing that's going to poison this particular reactor of civilization and, 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 and commerce and people, which is greed and ambition. Sure. Um, like, this... And, and it's not even that. It's like... It's like, like even this, like they hint that there was, you know, when the the plant managers like, oh, these fuckers, you know, like the safety test is going to be canceled because we got it's the end of the month and we got to get our quotas in and never like we can't like it's like there's all so many systemic fa- failures that like you got to go back to the guy who got kicked out of his job because he tried to raise the alarm about the AZ five thing. It's like. This is just the 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 things that happened in the twelve hours immediate. But there's so many things that stretch backwards, and you know the fact that like there's so many opportunities to stop it. Um, yeah, I mean this is an experiment. This this was like the one part of Chernobyl that I had actually read about. Yeah, uh, there were so many uh, instances where they had tried this experiment uh, with the safety, um, you know, spinning down of the reactor, drawing the power, all that mm. that they explain later on. Uh, that I think there was a sense of like, let's just get this done. Mm-hmm. Let's let's fucking finally do this test. Yeah, because they spent three years trying to get it done. Conditions have never been right. Yeah, and so you can sort of get a sense of well, there's a lot of uh, opportunity here for these people. They mm-hmm. they see promotions in the cards if 
things go well, if they can get a result. They can just force a, a result. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be a valid result because the truth doesn't. It's it's not right. It's not. A, it's it's arriving at the correct answer, not the true answer. Okay. Uh, and the yeah. correct answer is we passed. We conducted the safety test. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 true answer would be we conducted a safety test and it told us nothing about uh, whether these generators can still power themselves and whether this could like it's 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 completely useless but it is a result and that's going to be the thing that get kicked up to the bosses and like oh yeah all the yeah. safety tests are done good we're good we're good now yeah it's it's almost like the, the short sightedness here is incredible to me mm-hmm. because they, they one of the best parts of the episode to me was being in that control room with them as they're going through these tests and you can see the test is failing on every level oh my there, god there's no way yeah. in hell you're getting anything useful out of this test because at this point you know not only has the reactor been poisoned the test is poisoned yeah 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 uh so like, like even conducting the test would not have told you whether it would work exactly or not. yeah so so what is the end goal here in mind the the end goal is I want to be able to say that I ran the test as I was expected to do. And the fact that they won't be able to use those test results, or I don't, I don't even know if they will. Maybe Dadnoff comes back and extrapolates and says, That's what oh, I'm we saying. got the 200 megawatts, so maybe we can, or maybe, you know, 700 would have been fine yeah. and all of this, the math checks out. Yeah. Like, oh, well, if it worked, uh, if we conducted a test at 200 megawatts, then obviously it would work at 700, which is the lowest. Right. It gets. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's that kind of mindset. It's all the way back to the, the Rontgens per hour, you know, where, right. where they go, well, our meters read this. Yeah. Uh, let's send that up the chain. Yeah. Like, like, don't tell me the truth because the truth interferes with my assessment of, of how the world is. Yeah, I want to believe. How I, want it to I, be. I, I want to believe that I'm a successful manager, and I was able to do this thing that no one else has done. The fact that I did it poorly and and mm-hmm. and gave us no useful information is is beside the fact. And right. only and actually, that's only a fact if I let it become one. True. Like, yeah. It's 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 fucked up. It's fucked up. Uh, my advice is look at every example of that shit going on in your own life and try to root it out. Uh, at your fucking job, uh, if you're in the military, if you're in your family, if you, like wherever you see that kind of mentality, don't fucking let it stand unchallenged because who knows? Like that's the thing. No one in that. I think the worst stakes that everyone had in that room was, oh, we're going to fuck up the reactor and it's going to have to be scrammed. And like I've, I've for a day, I heard that like if you scram a nuclear reactor, it's like fucking game over. Trying to get that thing like back to a state where it can run it could take weeks months obviously the soviet union couldn't afford this thing to be shut down which is the reason the safety test so it's like these people were i think risking their careers i did not think they thought that they were risking a continent sure um because and again it's like yeah, Dyatlov and everybody here were waving guns around at the parties, but they all thought the safes were on. So, like, when the gun finally goes off because it turns out the 30th time you jiggle a gun and point at someone and squeeze the trigger, that's going to loosen the safety enough. Is the gun manufacturer at fault? Is the person, like, it's both, right? Sure. But I don't know. Uh, it's the, 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 the fundamental unfairness of the show trial is that the gun manufacturer in this case is going to completely shield themselves from any liability mm-hmm. and only blame the people waving around uh, guns at the party, which is kind of like in a certain way, like somewhat rational. Like the reason they would get away with it is because that sounds about right. Like who the fuck mm-hmm. does this, you know? Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the trial. Um, there's the wind up where Sharkov, which is like, what a great name. He, he sounds like a <laughs> Russian shark. Uh, he checks on Legasov. Is this Skarsgård? Huh? Is this Skarsgård? No, this is the uh, KGB guy. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's even got the black doll eyes uh, that uh, Quint was always talking about in Jaws. Uh, he checks in on this guy and this essentially is is making sure that he maintains the party discipline, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's so funny because this guy's like, look at this newspaper article. At last, a Soviet scientist tells the truth. I I resent the implication... I mean, Jesus Christ, this is like, this is the core, like the cognitive dissonance in 1984 was always exactly. talking about. The fact that this guy, while discussing an elaborate cover up and the web of lies they're telling, resents the international community for assuming that everything that a Soviet's going to say is going to be a self serving lie. 
Yeah, it's double think. Uh, what the fuck? And also, you start to get the the thing that sticks in uh, Legosoft's craw is that he's doing everything right, and they keep on saying, "Oh, well, you know, so, so, let me get all, let me make sure that you have no leverage left, and only then, then and only then will we talk talk about fixing reactors." Like mm-hmm. it feels like the fix is in. Yeah. Uh, there's also we we see Legosoft in his apartment. He's starting to lose his hair. Uh, we know we commented in the first episode how much older and haggard and poor his health looked compared to pre Chernobyl Jared Harris. And this is just kind of like to set him up for Kamyuk visiting and saying, "Look, I get it. You you couldn't betray your country, but now we're in the Soviet Union, and at this trial, you have an opportunity to talk directly to your fellow scientists, and and you have a unique opportunity." to actually start a change, to hold people accountable. It's the, in fact, the last opportunity you're going to get, because once you get once once this is signed off on and done and they get their show trial and they have their heroes and they have their victims, you will be irrelevant. You'll have no more leverage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked that, you know, Jared Harris's retort here is that, like, hey, you remember that guy who found out the flawed AZ-5 reactor? He was sacked as uh, in his job and and forbidden to do science again because he discovered an inconvenient truth. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I don't know, it's crazy. Um, I really like the soundtrack when they return to Chernobyl because there the the if you listen to podcasts, I guess there's a Russian law that said that like if. That, that that like any crime has to be tried within like the province that it created in and this even though yeah and and the soviets were invested in saying that like hey yeah chernobyl's safe again that they conducted this as they said in the trial um uh, 20 mile 20 kilometers from the chernobyl site and it wasn't safe it was dangerously radioactive mm-hmm. but this wasn't a courtroom this was just some kind of auditorium that they had they kind of set up for this purpose um and uh, then then the the trial begins. But I love the soundtrack when they return to Chernobyl. It's like the Jaws soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Like you can hear like it's 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 you know you, you can't see the fin out of the water, but it's there somewhere. Um, what do you think of Roose Bolton as a prosecutor? <laughs> I like him. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he he's great. I don't know that that actor has something. He's not a bad guy. I mean, that's the thing about Roose is like he's not really a, he's not a bad guy. He's not a uh-huh. good guy. He's just a. He's just a he's just a guy, and he's kind of a scary guy, and that's what I got from this guy. Yeah, uh, he I, I didn't feel like he had so much of an agenda. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I didn't feel like anybody in this room had that much of an agenda, or I think Legasov would have been shut down far harder uh, than he was. Um, and then begins like the bulk of this episode, which is the finest explanation of why this this happened. Like I've seen a lot of at this point, I've seen a lot of documentaries. I've read a lot of articles and mm-hmm. this could just straight up be something on the Discovery Channel. Like the way they have the Sherbina character, the Kamyuk character and the Legasoft character lay out everything that should have happened, everything that did happen, all of the failures, the the. Um, thing that they did with uh, Legasov where he had those red and blue cards, which are hilariously in Russian, is in Cyrillic, so we don't understand, but all we know... Mm-hmm. but and, and you don't have to, because he's, he's, he's showing what a delicate balance this is, yeah. and why things went away, and why things were added on, and, like, um, it's so funny, because, like, my son has been watching this with me, and I haven't explained to him any, like, you know, we don't... We haven't had a lot of long talks about it, but, like, I could, like, either my 12-year-old son, he's a bright guy and he likes science. But, like, he was already seeing, um, like, like, as, like w- when you get to the point where you understand that, like, now, even though no men, none of the men in the room know why this is happening, but this reactor is now going to run out of control and there's nothing that they can do to stop it. Yeah. Other than hitting the scram switch, which in this case is a detonator. Uh-huh. Um, I just feel like it's... It's like if you don't understand it, I'm not going to try to explain it here because just go back and watch the episode. That's literally the best way to that I can think to vi- visualize it and explain it. Yeah, I read through the Wikipedia article before, or, or maybe after we watched episode one mm-hmm. to see why this reactor exploded. Uh, and I'll say it was a little over my head as far as the the terms they were using. Yeah, positive coefficient, that, ner- negative thermal coefficient. Right, like, but they they do a an okay job of letting you under of making you understand why that happened and then i think the the show does a really good job like there's this startling 
I think one of the best parts of the episode where they show inside the reactor and you can see the reactor floor where they're yeah. like the various fuel and control rods that, and they talk about how these weigh, weigh three, 400 pounds. They just start jumping mm-hmm. up and down like, uh, you know, uh, fucking moles in a whack-a-mole game. And then it explodes and then they slow down time and they show how the oxygen and the hydrogen and uh, the superheated uh, bits of uh, graphite lead to the actual explosion, which blows the the reactor apart. And it's yeah. it's it's fucking it's fucking amazing. And something that, a trick that they played that they talked about on the official podcast is there's a whole lot of points where you're tricked into thinking, oh, maybe they're going to stop this. Sure. And the unique way they told this is like every single time someone's like, oh, we should stop this or you need to sign this order or something. It's like, oh, maybe there's a way they can. Of course, they're not going to. But it's amazing how like you get caught up in, uh, you know, the best kind of stories like, you know, it's like uh, all throughout Breaking Bad, you knew Walter White couldn't die. Mm -hmm. But by God, they made you feel like he could (laughs) on multiple occasions. And this is the opposite of that. Like you think that, oh these nice people aren't going to die and they're not going to lose their family and they're not going to irradiate a continent because cooler heads will prevail and they don't, they just don't. Um, but I don't know. And then the Atloff, like, I, I guess this is, do you want to talk about, um, do you want to talk or like take it because the, the next thing to talk about is the, there's a really fantastic scene between, uh, Sherbina and, uh, Legasov, but maybe we can talk mm-hmm. about our, our intellectual philosophical problems with the court scene itself. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, you know, stated earlier, I didn't feel like anybody in this room had an agenda. And I think that's a problem um, because, and I think it's a problem created by the episode and the way that it plays with history mm-hmm. because we know that the people in that room do have agendas. Mm-hmm. Like everybody is there simply to get this procedure uh, of blame, blame pointing, essentially finger pointing over with. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've already determined the outcome. They they know who's guilty here. They know who they're going to execute. Let's just get this over with. Uh, and apparently, from what I understand, uh, none of anything you see on the screen here is accurate to history, except for the stuff that happens in the control room. Uh, we don't know like the tone of it, but we know the exact order of events, mm-hmm. like the buttons they pushed, the switches they flipped. Because there's like a black box that records the, that that part of that computer yeah. system was t- saying at the. <laughs> Like, the computer was saying, shut me down, shut me down, shut me down. Like, it was recording all the button pushes. And then, I right. guess, with the testimony of all the survivors, they were able to then explain who pushed what and under what circumstances. But we do yeah. know the precise down to the second um, course of events because of that system. And we also know a lot about the court proceedings as they actually happened, but they were nothing like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Legasov apparently not even part of this trial right he never showed up at this trial uh it's it's weird to me i guess with the links they went to to sort of bring him into this because i'm i'm looking at it and on one hand i think okay well it's cool because you need to show that individual acts of heroism are valuable uh and and what happens with legasov in this episode certainly makes that point but i think also more importantly, it's everyone coming together as an aggregate uh, that really makes the change. It's not simply, oh, one person gets up on uh, in, in front of a jury, gives a testimony, and everything's good S- again. Says right? to the Soviet people, you can't handle the truth. You right, know? right. That doesn't happen. Um, right. It, but Or it needs to happen hundreds of times. Like People need to be exposed to, to the idea of telling the truth, regardless of the cost, many, many times. Yeah. Um, so, so I think... Like, in some ways, it undermines what I think is the larger idea here that people as a whole need to come to terms with the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also makes for some great drama. Yeah. And like, uh, we've had this kind of conversation several times where like, I've been a little bit more critical about like, well, why, you know, why did you need to make this minor change here? Like, like Jared Harris, why, uh, or uh, Legasoff, why not have his family there? Why not do this? And there's, there's reasons for all of it. Mm-hmm. And I've agreed with some of them. I disagree with others. Um, but it's funny because this one I felt like, because the truth is that Legasoff uh, spent 
the the his remaining years on on Earth, uh, trying to you know agitate amongst the scientific community to raise awareness for this this issue. He did lie on the world stage because he was, does uh, from all accounts he was a patriot. Uh, mm-hmm. He did believe in the ideals of of uh, Marxist Leninism, and he was committed to the ideals of socialism, and he was only too happy to carry that water on the international stage. But he also had a duty to the truth and. Uh, didn't want to see more reactors explode. So, um, and this made him a pariah in the Soviet scientific community because um, you know scientists aren't perfect. They're not divine angelic beings. They need controls over them as well. And that control on scientists is the scientific method and peer review. Mm-hmm. That like if you take out that peer review or you circumvent it with appeals to authority, like well I'm the chief nuclear scientist of the Soviet Union, comrade, and I think I know yeah. a little bit more about, like, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Dadnov in the reactor con- control room saying, yeah. I've been doing this for 25 years. Only Have in you? the science community instead of... Right. Um, so a lot of, you know, like, and if you uh, support this... So, like, how do you tell an 18-month campaign over tons of, com- uh, you know, conversations sure. and and presentations and editorials and... You know, also, like, have a whole new villain, cast of villains of, like, scientists and bureaucrats in, in that domain. Because um, the end result is the same. The, uh, he, his, be due to declining health and not being able to get his message out, he recorded these tapes, these memoirs of what actually happened, disseminated them, and then killed himself. And that combination did eventually galvanize the scientific community to stand up and be like, what the fuck? You know, like he was too big a profile and his suicide was too big a profile that it could no longer be ignored. So how the fuck do you tell that in an hour of television? You know, uh, so what they did is they just fabricated a trial. They took the actual show trial that happened and they just laid out this entire case and they made Legasov have that you can't handle the truth moment. And it's super fucking dramatically uh, appropriate. But it is. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't know how else you tell the story. Um, it does seem like they hewed to the core truth of like you know uh, how Legasov, you know his his actual contribution and, and what actually happened. But it's it's a lot. It, it, it seems like this this the show took big, complicated, sprawling, and ultimately boring issues and collapsed them down to like single uh, you know individuals instead of an entire community mm-hmm. of scientists working to investigate it it's just this one woman mm-hmm. instead of like all these conversations over time it was a it was a 3 minute speech where he said you know a reason why this happens is because we're too fucking cheap um and and we lie too much to ourselves i, I yeah i mean like you don't have to sex up men running out for 90 seconds to hurl radioactive graphite off of a roof right like that's sure. That's true. It's dramatic and it's, in and of itself. It's dramatic <laughs> and it's visual and the heroics are right there. You don't have to sex up a bunch of naked miners going in the bowels of the earth to, remo- to, to, to try to refrigerate a reactor that might burn to the groundwater table. You don't like it's, it's just you don't have to dramatize firemen getting their faces melted off because they respond to this fucking hellish disaster. You kind of have to dramatize this because otherwise this would probably be eight more hours and it would be extremely tedious, tedious to watch. Yeah, it might be. Um, it's I, I don't know. I, I struggle with where I draw the line on this stuff because right. I, I do want to watch good dramatic television. At the same time, like it's such an important message. I don't want like it's like the the Freddie Mercury Queen Bohemian Rhapsody movie, right? Uh, we came away from that super hyped on it going yeah like look at this mm-hmm. life of this amazing person and band yep uh you find out after reading a few reviews and a few takedowns later okay well a lot of this shit is actually sort of fabricated mm-hmm. and it didn't actually happen like this and you start to think less of it right and yeah. you start to go almost like almost feel ripped off by this right. dramatization of real life events i i feel like there is a line somewhere and i'm not sure where it is but that you can't cross otherwise any message you're trying to get across with your dramatization and your fictionalization of these events is lost Mm -hmm. in in simply the chatter about how this isn't real Mm -hmm. right uh and maybe we're guilty uh, of gilding that lily right here no i mean i i I think that the people so like if you um 
if you're inclined to be dismissive about climate science, then everything I just said about the fact that one of the villains in this story is the scientific community of the Soviet Union. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, a person could be like, aha, see? These people that say they're above these concerns and they're only concerned for the truth, they're just as political and bureaucratic as the rest of us. And they're they're getting billions of dollars for climate research and grant money and this. And they're saying this thing because if they said that if they told the truth that there is no problem, uh, that that they would lose their uh, uh, grant money. And plus, they're all a bunch of socialist communists anyway, and they want to hurt the uh, capitalists and they want to hurt the economy to bring about like it's. So then when you shade this particular truth, the people that you are trying to reach, presumably, because I do think, broadly speaking, this is a criticism about, you know, a growing problem in American uh, politic, which is our Mm -hmm. inability to deal with real problems uh, in a a truthful, forthright, factual manner, and also how that applies to things like global warming. Um, And the people that need to hear that the most are going to... You know, it's, it's human nature to try to find the very first weapon against this uh, yeah. cognitive dissonance you're feeling and like, oh, well, they fucking soft pedaled the science shit. Well, fuck that. You know, like this right. is all a bunch of lies. I don't have to think about any of it. If 5% of it's untrue, then it's all untrue. And like, mm-hmm. that's why it's like you need to have the preponderance of truth be as much as you can. So it's as, as like, you know, the, 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 there's certain percentages where it's like, okay, if, if it's 50% lies, 50% truth, like a reasonable person can just throw the whole thing in a trash bin. <laughs> bin. Uh-huh. As you go to like 75, 25, 80, 80, 20, you know, 85, 15, the dismissals become increasingly bad faith, but you, but but you, but but, and there, and it's a smaller pool. So, like, I think right. that if, if you want to influence people, you you have to tell more truth than lies. And I always felt like the show was doing that up yeah, until cause, cause maybe even this, this episode. It, even this didn't change the essential fact of who the heroes were, who the villains were, what yeah, actually happened. Fair. It's it's just makes it easily digestible to an audience in an hour, mm-hmm. but it does leave it open to bad faith dismissals and it probably would be if they did 100 percent accurate i i I almost feel like there's there's another hour of television here Mm -hmm. and it is the jared harris dealing with the aftermath of vienna and coming to terms with the fact that he lied and that it may cost many many more thousands of lives in the future yeah and and shortcut some of his efforts there because like putting him in this trial, yeah. I think is the most egregious thing. Well, putting him in yeah, front yeah, of the yeah. science community in this yeah. pivotal moment, giving yeah. a pivotal speech that is—you're meant to think he changed the hearts and minds of people within a, a, a three-minute window where he was giving testimony as an expert witness. I, I feel like there is maybe another hour of television, and maybe it's boring. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just not as exciting, and people won't remember it. And you won't have that, uh, what, Vichnaya, Pavnya, whatever it is. Uh, You won't get that effect, right? Right. And and they're going for that with this series. And, you know, I'm so I'm torn. I'm torn on how they portrayed this whole thing. Uh, even, even though I found it riveting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they have a they have a break right here when Dyatlov has an outburst where he he tries to deny that he's in the control room, which is kind of like. <laughs> This is a weak defense because this is a critical test that has already started with a bunch of anomalies and uh-huh. you, the person who is responsible for this room, is just going to leave to take a shit. Like, Why did you not shit before you came, right. came on duty? Or maybe Comrade. maybe you're at a vital point. Like if, if you're that blinding of a need to shit, maybe maybe you call the test off. It's not too late. Right, but you're gonna you're gonna give the order to like bring the reactor back on and then like bounce. It's 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 fucking crazy. But the mm-hmm. so so the, they, and, they and it was a total lie. Like, oh yeah, everybody in that room sure. said that he was there. The sure. the all of it says he was there. Um, and there's just like you know tons of crazy shit. Like I I really the fact that like it just it just laid out and all this stuff is entirely true. That, you know, you had this night shift people that were less experienced mm-hmm. and they had were unfamiliar with their protocols. The protocols had handwritten annotations and crossing outs and like, you know, what kind of fu- like she made the she invoked Yuri Gagarin, which is like, you know, Superman in Soviet Union. Yeah. This man, uh, multiple time hero of the, the Soviet Union, first man in space, international hero, died 
died died too young for him to be a political embarrassment he's just like the fucking he's like the you know in a in a society that has no official religion he's a saint mm-hmm. and she's saying like imagine yuri gagarin uh on his fateful launch when he goes into space for the first time he gets handed a binder full of stuff half of it's crossed out he has no months of training he has no mm-hmm. like you're not even you, you it's just like yeah go now do this so you just you just grab a guy throw him in the capsule like go to space man um, I thought that was very, very strong to invoke that, and uh, this 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 outburst where they get to the Diatlov gives us a nice a chance to like stop the trial and have this great moment between Sherbina and Legasov where they're talking about the history of um, the Ukraine and how many people have died and how yet people continue to move here. <laughs> and and think that it'll never happen to him them and he analogizes like you know you told me that we'd be dead within five years and i believed you but then you know a year went by two years went by i thought it wouldn't happen to me and now i'm coughing my lungs up um and this whole like this is like the dunning kruger effect in a nutshell do you, do you know what that is that's the i do but i always forget so it's like this is like the relate like the more actual expertise and intelligence you have in a certain area, the more you know what you don't know, and you're less confident about expressing that. Whereas if you hmm. know just a okay. little about Maybe the I thing and you're dumb, you are the opposite. You think everything's easy and like, oh, if it was me yeah, in this yeah. position, I'd do everything right. And this it's is essentially the effect that every president has when they go into office for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. like, I'm going to change this and I'm going to change that. Right. And they get in and oh, fuck. Oh, shit. We killed JFK <laughs> and there's aliens and uh, <laughs> marijuana actually is a mind control drug from the. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? That's why we can't legalize it, obviously. Of uh, but but yeah, you've got Sherbina who says, like, I can't. I've wasted my life because. Like that 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 thing where he says I I genuinely I don't ever believe anything that comes out of the the central committee, mm-hmm. but I believe this because if this was a major disaster, I wouldn't be the one they put in charge of it because I'm a fucking <laughs> I'm I'm a fucking idiot, and yeah. we know that like yeah, Legasov definitely was giving people accurate information, but as he points out, like any one of a thousand scientists in the Soviet Union could have done the same job. How many people could have gotten? three quarters of a million people lunar rovers every bit of of lead and boron in the soviet union uh and mm-hmm. all of the liquid nitrogen who who else could have done that as efficiently as 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 you uh and uh, the already I, I just i don't know man i thought this scene it's so funny because i feel like the world would be a better place if men could genuinely give each other compliments all the time except and like it's like it's it's the only time it's socially uh the only time it's socially acceptable to get this real with your buddies is like when you're dying or someone they know is dying or like during like a fucking wedding or something but hmm. um it's just you know like I, I just i just thought it was great and then you know all this is made up and bullshit anyway but like the, the green inchworm going onto his finger yeah. Like as kind of like a subtle hope for the future, I thought was really good. Um, I, I don't know. I, I uh... yeah, there was something about that that worm that had a sort of chain reaction quality to it. The way it moves, yeah. Um, and as I was watching it, I couldn't help but think of both the reactor itself and also the chain of events that lead to. You know what they essentially call they they mark as the downfall of the Soviet Union here, mm-hmm. uh, with the truth about Chernobyl coming out. I couldn't right. I couldn't help but think about those concepts as represented visually on the screen by this worm. Yeah, and and it it seemed the perfect image for that moment, even though you would never think it immediately. Like like this like this uh, particular organization is this carefully calibrated uh, collection of lies. Yeah. And They're lies on top along. of lives and it's all humming along and then Jared Harris is the inchworm. It's it's the one thing that you wouldn't think like, oh, you know, xenon poisoning, you know, it's it's the one thing you're not accounting for and it's going to like for, like the, this KGB guy who we're going to talk about in the aftermath who does does this like epic like destruction of Jared Harris's character or Legasov's character, um, he thinks that he's the control rods going back in, mm-hmm. but in actuality, this is the thing that's going to blow everything up. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, I never, I didn't think of it that way, but that's that's a that's a great read of 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 what's going on in the face of it. Also, I think it's just a man who knows he's dying, uh-huh. <laughs> savoring some of his last moments. So, <laughs> did you think that was improvised? 
What do you mean? Like, I, I just wonder if, like, uh, you, there was... Oh, the worm itself crawling onto him? Yeah. I don't know. That's just one of those things uh... where it's like, who script... Maybe you script that, but, yeah, like... Yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting scene, for sure. If, uh, you know, Skarsgård's sitting there, and there's an inchworm on him, and he's like, oh, no, wait, nah, there's no way. That's, that's, that had to be scripted. <laughs> um, but anyway, I... They, they 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 go back in after this point, and this is kind of thing that gives I think one of the many things that gives Legasov a shot in the fictional arm here that he's going to now go make his great stand, and um, he explains how you know the great tragedy is at this point there's nothing valid to be learned from the test. They pulled this reactor back like a slingshot, like he says further. It's, mm-hmm. it's like you know you're supposed to bring it back three pull back three feet. They're brought about six feet, and that no one really in the room understood why this was happening like why the reactor wasn't um because they just weren't experienced enough they didn't have enough of the grounding in the science to understand like why the reactor wasn't behaving the way like shit we've pulled 97 percent of the control rods out of this thing and the thing's still going down to zero reactivity like seriously what the fuck they have and you know the fact that even even everything going wrong, they hit that button and everyone would be in a lot of trouble and this reactor would be down for weeks, if not months, but you wouldn't have irradiated a continent and they hit the button and it blew up. Um, so I, I just, the way they, and then, and then here, here's where it's like, this is, this, this is dra- you know, drama is like the fucking judge himself ask why. Because that's the thing is I kept on wondering, it's like, if, if this guy never asks why, I don't know that Legosloff gets in trouble. Because <laughs> he doesn't say we're cheap. Because, again, all <laughs> this is bullshit and it's made up and all this. But, but like, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. like, that, uh, that, that allows him to answer. It's like, well, we made it out of this because it's cheaper. And it's the reason we don't have containment buildings around our nuclear reactors, unlike every other nation in the world. It's the reason we don't use properly enriched fuel. It's the reason we use... Like, look at this fucking reactor. It's a house of fucking cards. Every other reactor, if you take one of these things away, it's a negative coefficient. So, like, it needs these things to continue reacting. If you take anything away, it shuts itself down. Mm-hmm. Like, these are all... It's because they're all... It's, it's, the, it's the cheapest fucking way you can do it. Yeah. And the some of the things are incredible. Like, the fact that this reactor was designed to house 32 megawatts of power. And the last reading they got of the reactor before it blew was 33,000 megawatts. Mm-hmm. It was literally running an order of... Ma- I'm just thinking, like, my God. Holy shit. Like... If it like I don't they made this case of like if it wasn't one thing it would have been and once it, once the reactor got to this point if it wasn't one thing it was going to be another it's just which part was going to fail first and explode mm-hmm. um and uh, yeah I mean we we've already talked about most of this stuff uh shall we get to the aftermath which I'm going to count sure. uh they they drag Legasov down to this Soviet style like debriefing cell I don't know where the hell this is at uh, and he has this confrontation with I like the, how he looks at the the drain in the floor yeah no i i mean i knew he wasn't going to get shot in the head i obviously he can't we saw the first scene of the series right but i i, I don't think i don't think legasov well again this he doesn't thing, know in that moment certainly. and that's the other thing is like again i keep on talking about like all this stuff is bullshit none of this stuff yeah, actually happened right but right. the fear that he could get a bullet i think mm-hmm. is real the reason that like uh you know, sure. the diatlov when he was trying to defend himself and the other guys were like quiet you fool because that's the way the soviet show trials worked um yeah. i don't know how far you got into the podcast but they made a point of like uh the way these things would go is a lot of times the defendant would be like hey mm-hmm. mr prosecutor if anything you're going too easy on me i yep. was even more like here look at all the things i did wrong because they're literally trying to talk themselves out of a bullet yeah like i want the land at 15 years hard labor i don't want to land at uh me being being shot and my brains being washed down a drain yeah you want to take the blame for the soviet union yes like you so, are going to be the face of mistakes because then you can because if you do this thing then you can live if not you die and yeah. that fear is is real and that's that's why even though we know he dies by his own hand years uh, later it, it, it actually works um but the thing that this whole scene ending up with sharkov <laughs> like he tries to just say like look Everything that you've done, I'm going to erase. No one is going to know who you are. And the the, the reason this whole thing works is because we're watching a document or we're watching a docudrama about this guy. He's now going to be world famous, mm-hmm. and no one's going to, if anyone, you know, like no one's going to remember the Sharkov character. It, it's 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 so sweet and so awesome. And the line about when he goes, um, 
what if I don't cooperate? And the KGB guy says, why worry about something that we know is not going to happen? Mm-hmm. And he's like, we should fuck. We should put that on our money. <laughs> such, such a great scene. It's great. It kills yeah. me that it's not real. <laughs> um, because he, he also says, like, look, I know everything about you. I know your father was his job was to measure people's purity. I know that you and your position as director of this thing um, suppressed Jewish scientists because you wanted to curry yeah. favor. Like you're you're just you're essentially just as bad as me. Right. And you're not brave and you're not loyal and no one's going to remember you. Um, I love that. I love the, his, the res- difference here is he's learning lessons. Yeah. And like he's like, you know, in just world. I'd be shot for all the lies I've told. And <laughs> not this. The one time I actually told the truth, I thought that was really great. Um, but I don't know. There was a the you know the they they close with a voiceover of uh, Jared Harris delivering um, Legosoft's lines. I assume these are from the tapes. They might actually be fabricated. But it's like you know, scientists are classically naive because their search for our truth blinds us to the fact that so few want to hear us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the truth can will lie in wait for for as long as it needs to. And I used to fear the cost of the truth. Now I only ask what the cost of lies are. And then the title cards tell us, you know, Sherbina dies four years, four months after he f- stepped foot in Chernobyl. Um, one thing I had, we remember we talked about all those children and families playing in the nuclear fallout of the reactor on that bridge. Far as we know, everyone on that bridge that night died. Yeah, so that makes perfect sense. Uh, one quarter of the miners, a hundred out of four hundred, died before the age of forty. That's uh-huh. way off the actuarial charts, yeah. even for Russian miners. <laughs> it was widely circulated that the three divers that went in the water died, but apparently that wasn't true. Yeah, two of them. Made I mean, it? they all survived. And are still two, alive. Two of them are like, still alive thirty f- plus years later. That shocks me because I thought that. Mm-hmm. They were essentially handing them a death sentence. Yeah, yeah. So it just goes to show, like, uh, you know, uh, it's a whole, it's in the, it's in the nature of the half life, right? The half life does is, is is a measure of like when half of things will decay. Yeah, it's probabilistic, right? Yes, it's, exactly. It's not deterministic. <laughs> exactly. You know, you can still win that coin toss, and these gentlemen did. And then the the final coda of like no official record was kept of the six hundred thousand conscripts, but it's widely believed that the de- death toll from Chernobyl is anywhere between four thousand and ninety some thousand people. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like uh, I think the, this is something that we should all think about, and something like the lessons we learn from this we should take into our our private lives, our lives in corporate America, or wherever you're listening. I know I've, we got a worldwide audience, and we've heard from. Uh, several of those people and this has been i mean this is um jesus christ this is why i love doing paul move uh because i'm getting the paid talk about television but the fact that we've been able to engage with people all over the world people with personal experience with the chernobyl Mm -hmm. people with uh you know degrees in sociology and economics and people that have worked with nuclear reactors like this is my fuck you know uh it's just incredibly rewarding and i i want to thank everybody who's who's been a part of it so yeah i think with an event as shocking as Chernobyl uh, was, it's it's easy to kind of forget the cost of lies mm-hmm. um, because you don't see people melting in the streets, right? You don't see people uh, giving birth to babies who die four hours later mm-hmm. as a call, as as a consequence of the lies that we're telling ourselves now. The, the ways that it's changing our society, our society and our planet are far more subtle, I think, um, far more long term, less immediate. Uh, and so it's easy to kind of ignore it. And I'm I'm hoping that, you know, tying that message of lies directly to an event as horrific as this is going to wake some people up mm-hmm. um, and, and make them think about, OK, what are we doing here within our own society, our, our modern day societies that are um, sort of akin to the stuff that happened there. And what is that costing us? Because mm-hmm. you do have to think a little bit harder. You know, it's not, it's not simply, well, my cousin's face melted off right. and this was a terrible thing and things have to change. Yeah. It's, it's a lot more subtle. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, by us discussing all this stuff, especially with the feedback of uh-huh. uh, our listeners, that we have at least, you know, moved somebody to think about the ways that this is playing out in modern modern day. 
Yeah, because like I, like I said, we we do have our Dyatlovs in our our society, yeah. and we have spent a lot. And my it, it seems like in in my lifetime, I've watched us take away the controls over individuals like that and reward them mm-hmm. for the sh- kind of short sighted uh kind of kind of game based culture that was uh, rightly so um taking a task in in this this series and um and they're they're much more subtle they're they're much smarter much yeah. um much less blunt of a weapon uh-huh. than guys like Sharkov right right but it still happens and we just have to be on guard because like it's it's immutable that the truth is eventually going to get out when we're talking about physical you know realities that eventually you will run out of that runway and you'll have to confront it and it's always going to be more expensive it's going to be more costly in terms of economic impact and lives to 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 delay it rather than address it head on and uh we we just have to we we can't tolerate that and it's it sucks that like you know the thing is is the people that disagree are just as convinced that their worldview is true. But I just, I guess like, it's almost like we, it's got so bad that it's a foundational issue. Like we've let our education systems lapse that people don't know why things are true. Like, mm-hmm. uh, things can be true if one person says it and a hundred other people says they're wrong. Um, well, I mean, maybe that one person is right. There's a way to have that happen. And it's called, it's the scientific method and peer review. It's not going on fucking talk shows and loudly yeah. platforming this guy against a hundred experts that say he's wrong. Like it's not, Oh, he's got some kind of weird fucking website and he's the, the, the I mean, maybe they are, maybe they are the lone voice of, 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 uh, reason. Maybe we do have a safety switch so we can scram all this stuff, but that doesn't seem like it's the advice we're getting from the best and most qualified experts. And, and if you're going that route, how are you different from Dyatlov? Mm-hmm. If if you are trusting that button that that the the experts are saying, boy, we're not even sure if you hit it right now, it's going to be enough to, to to stop the worst of this. Then I don't know what more to say, because you clearly know more than ninety percent of the experts in the <laughs> world. So, uh, shall we get the feedback, Jim? Yeah, let's do it. You know, Jim. I used I used to fear the cost of a subscription to Netflix and HBO, and now I fear the cost of not supporting the club at club.baldmove.com. You know why? Because if it wasn't for the club, absolutely there would not be a bald move television talking about Chernobyl. That's uh, true. Yeah. Yeah. If if if, uh, if 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 the club wasn't around, you'd probably have the Game of Thrones. It's a big mm-hmm. show, pays for itself. Mm-hmm. You'd probably have like the Westworlds, but you wouldn't have these smaller shows, these things that kind of we take on as passion projects because we like it, and and not a ton of people are watching it, but it's uh, something that you can uh, sink your teeth into, and it really tickles a lot of people's fancy, and it just wouldn't be possible unless we were able to do this as full time jobs, uh, and that freedom uh, as independent podcasters lets us do like flyers on stuff like Chernobyl. And uh, it's all of our thousands. We're over 5,000 club members strong right now. It's due to these people that we're able to do this work. And if you'd like to join those, if you'd like to keep us producing content like this, if you'd like to get a bunch of bonus stuff for your trouble, if you'd like to never have to listen to me pitch to club, for example, you got ad-free feeds, you got bonus audio and video content, you can preview a lot of that at club.baldmove.com. And as always, start a free 30-day trial at club.baldmove.com. Uh, we have a little bit this week. It's uh, TV at baldmove.com. Uh, we don't normally do uh, feedback in the course of our TV podcast, but, you know, we do for Chernobyl. Like Cecily and I will be looking at Harlot's uh, next month, and I know we're going to be looking at, like, I think his his uh, his Dark Material series. We'll be covering that. These shows, when we give a little bit more extra coverage, we might have some, some feedback in the future. So it's always TV at baldmove.com, and you can also discuss stuff uh, on forums.baldmove.com. Uh, coincidentally, we had two Paul C's step forward to correct yep. my math on the Soviet Union's uh, ruble calculations. Uh, uh, Paul, the first Paul C said the Soviet Union had hyperinflation when it collapsed. Uh, I'm showing the ruble back then was worth about the same as it was in U.S. dollars, so about $800, which would be a lot better than 30 Sure. Yeah, but You're still. not wrong. The point stands, though. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not a life-changing amount of money. $800 to shave a few years off your life. I don't know. What what was the average uh yearly income 
of a <laughs> Jesus Christ. A Soviet citizen. The funny at thing that point. is, these guys, like, I actually spent a good amount of time trying to work different calculators that calculated inflation and all that stuff. And it just like, I got like literally seven different answers. And is there uh, just like a Soviet calculator? <laughs> I mean, maybe it is, but it's probably in Cyrillic. Cause the other Paul C yeah. got the answer of it was worth about $2,500. So it's like, hmm. maybe it's 800, maybe $2,500. You make a hundred, the equivalent of a hundred dollars a year. Mm hmm shave 25 years off your life you've been properly compensated <laughs> yeah i mean that's the thing like if these guys only made like two thousand dollars a year and maybe they had a lot of purchasing power because uh they were provided i mean isn't that the whole thing about the soviet union is you were kind of provided an allotment of housing and sure. clothing and food and i think then so, yeah. the money is kind of like buying private property you know a record player and stuff like that so like i don't even yeah. know f- how to fuck to directly compare a salary to like mine you know mm-hmm. but I'm pretty damn sure I wouldn't take $2,500 to run on that fucking roof. No. I might do it out of sense of patriotism and saving the world, but the $2,500 would not be why I scrambled on that roof. And they always made that point. Yes. It was scoffed at every time the money every was offered. Every single time. Yeah. Uh, Lauren, you both were wondering what was being sprayed all over the ground and the trees of Chernobyl, and it looks like it was something called Barda, which was a chemical to bind the radioactive dust to gather... Um, and then obviously okay. drips down and it's contained in the ground. Uh, I also found a few articles about the dogs who still live in Chernobyl. According to the dogs of Chernobyl. Over who t- now talk like human beings. <laughs> they do. They walk upright. They, they've uh-huh. evolved thumbs. Uh, over 250 stray dogs They made lived. their own Chernobyl documentary. <laughs> they did. It's called a documentary. Uh-huh. Over 25 or two, 250 stray dogs live around Chernobyl's nuclear power plant. Uh, and another 225 live in Chernobyl City, and hundreds of other dogs live in various security checkpoints that ro- and roam throughout the exclusion zone. Um, she listed a website that kind of talks about this, and also it seems like some of them are safe enough that you can adopt them. There's a, actually a website that features animals that they huh. rescue from the exclusion zone and are certified safe to adopt. I'll put those links as I have been for... Like I said, if you... If you've been waiting to do a whole bunch of reading and watching on Chernobyl, just know that if you go through uh, our, you know, click on our Chernobyl tag and go through these last five weeks, I've collected a ton of YouTube commentaries and books and websites and like just everything you want to know about Chernobyl, you can find, uh, well, at least a good starting point by surfing through our the show notes for the last few weeks. Uh, so thanks for that, Lauren. Travis W. recommends us to check out Atomic Homefront, which is a documentary that came out early in 2018 on HBO. It's an example of how our own government is just as bad, if not worse, than the USSR. Uh, I looked Hmm. up real briefly. This is about the West Lake Landfill in Missouri, which is a landfill that they decided to bury uh, byproducts of of, uh, weapons uh, enrichment, Hmm. um, nuclear, and, and just a regular old dump. And that started leaching out into the groundwater, and then a nearby dump caught on, like, the spontaneous fire, and the EPA's uh, response to that, and the, the litigation and back and forth. Um, you, uh, yeah, if you, if you want to see some more examples of uh, maybe us whistling past a graveyard, Westlake uh, Landfill, the Atomic Home Front is the documentary they called. So thanks for that, Travis. Um, Dave T, there are here. I have some links to a couple of short videos I remember watching a few years ago on a YouTube channel that I like. Veris, uh, Veritas, Veritasium. One is a mini world tour of some classic radioactive sites, including the hospital at Chernobyl, Fukushima, the first uranium mine, Mary Curie's lab, the Trinity bomb test site, etc., in which current background levels of radiation are measured. The second video is the same channel, but more footage of Pripyat itself, including the new containment building being constructed to replace the failing sarcophagus and lots of interesting interior building shots throughout the town showing the current state of disrepair. Uh, So these uh, documentaries are called The Most Radioactive Place on Earth and A Walk Around Chernobyl, and I will include those links in the show notes as well. And that completes our Chernobyl coverage. Again, thank you for uh, going on this journey. This has been incredibly rewarding. It's been, boy, uh, someone pointed out in the forums that the limited series is going to be a shootout in the Emmys because you got sharp objects going up against Chernobyl. Mm. And they're very different. They're very different limited series and what they aim to do and the subject matter. But I also found them very personally affecting 
Uh, thank God for our Baldi's purposes. We don't have to worry about it because Sharp Object cleaned up last year and we're able to give it. And I think it probably goes to say that Chernobyl is going to make a lot of fucking noise uh, on the Baldi's this year. I mean, Jared Harris has to go up against himself with the terror. Is that right? Or is those no, the terror happened up? years ago, so it's not eligible for shit. Years ago? I thought it was last year. No, it, it's been like two, almost two and a half. It was, cer- it, it it was certainly on the Baldi's no, last year. No, it was Baldi's 2017. Oh, God. My... my perception of time has distorted We've been doing this a long time jim uh, we have it's a, it's a flat circle out here <laughs> uh who is so just to start a pointless debate that because we don't give a shit about the emmys and it's not gonna profit no. baldies soviet kgb gun to your head mm-hmm. drain at your feet <laughs> weird bucket knocked over in the corner shitty fluorescent lighting flickering <laughs> Uh, what 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 do you what do you got over best limited series? Uh, oh, Chernobyl man. or Sharp Objects? Ugh. I tell this fucker to shoot me. I can't. I, it's like they're like yeah. I, I'd God, have to I love re- them both so much. I'd have to really wrestle. I'd have to really wrestle. I mean, Sharp Objects is not as important of the series. Uh, I think if I were going to judge, that would have to be a factor. Yeah. Uh, Chernobyl is a message that everyone needs to hear at this time, and I think I would give it to Chernobyl. That I'm, might be recency bias. I'm gonna tell Sharkoff he's gonna have to shoot me. I don't think yeah. he's got. I, don't, I, mean, I think it's a bluff. I don't think he's gonna shoot me over <laughs> whether I like Chernobyl better than uh, Sharp Objects or not. Uh, but speaking of that, we do. Uh, if if uh, you discovered us through our coverage of Chernobyl, just know that if you stay, I encourage you to stay subscribed to this feed because we got a lot of television talk coming, a lot of uh, HBO projects coming out later this year, uh, and we're going to be covering them either on this feed or you'll be hearing about it in the, the housekeeping uh, of this feed. So if you've enjoyed our coverage, we do this. I mean, this is our full time jobs, um, and we try to bring this level of coverage to everything that we cover. Uh, so please, uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to the Bald Mood TV feed. We'd love to have you around. Um, and again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next project. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later.